We're in West Texas. It doesn't change much for you, of course. But uh, you can see the sort of... That changes everything. <laughs> you can see the... Yeah. What is it? The... Pan- not pancreas, pelvis shape of uh, Texas sort of drifting down. You're on the west side of that. Um, and you head off from... Uh, you're about 11 in the morning, 11 a.m., and you set out from Austin, far east, um, earlier today. And you've sort of been crossing that, that middle... the middle bones of the pelvis over to the, uh, over to the west... And uh, since Marathon, you've taken a, a dive south, and that's the the track you're on currently. Am I cut out? And uh, you stopped off, I think, uh, a couple of hours ago uh, in Marathon, or just on the outskirts of Marathon, just a truck stop to uh, get some food, so you're not starving. It's a long drive. It's like five and a half hours drive, so you stop to get something. Um, and at this point, you, you know that you're nearing... All that it says on your map is the Devil's Backbone, um, sort of ridge of rocks, and you know that there was a, a uranium mine there, obviously, until... Uh, well, until, I think, about 56, it was abandoned. Um, and uh, the the main reason for your your visit is that you've been asked to uh, test the groundwater in the area, and um, you know it's part of a government initiative to sort of check a lot of these old mines and the areas around them to see uh, how it might be affecting the people, the wildlife, um, you know, and and all that. And um, so as you sort of near the Devil's Backbone, you can see this sort of ridge of rock gradually. You know, some An great escaped zonky from a local um, has been causing chaos in the little desert creature down of the frozen. A little bit. Tell me if you can hear me again. Can he? The great devil, great um, desert creature. Sounded like you're talking about some kind of giant worm <laughs> or caterpillar or millipede. Can you imagine if a giant worm just came up out of the uh, dirt over there? I can't imagine it. I I, I seen it. Hooey. Not a giant worm, but a bigger worm than you you might think. How big are we talking here, Mr. Lafitte? Well, the Californian sandworm is um, at least three times as long, maximum length than your average earthworm, uh, two times the diameter. It's um, it's quite a sight, but of course it's completely harmless. But not everyone will believe that when they see it. It looks like uh, it's alarming. It's like some kind of grub or a larvae, lar larva. <laughs> what would you say is the weirdest insect what you have ever seen? <laughs> the weirdest insect? Well, I, I I I don't find them weird as such. I find them fascinating, but I suppose. Mm. You must have come across something in your exploits where you said, holy, holy shit, that's the weirdest. <laughs> that's a, not what I was expecting at all. Well, I tell you, you, you know, you will know about stick insects, right? You all, you all seen stick insects. Of course. Sure. You ever seen a leaf insect? Oh, sure. A leaf? So, there's a leaf insect in Central America that, that 
looks more like a leaf than a leaf, I would say. <laughs> and you see that clinging. I've never seen that. When you discover it, when you think, when when you when you come across, because if you don't know it's there, you don't know what you're looking for. There's no way of uh, seeking it out. But when you see it, the body of the thing, the carapace, is fascinating, and the way its wings and limbs simulate not just the appearance of a leaf, but the way the leaf blows in the breeze. That, well, that's what I say is weird. But I know a lot of people say, you know, praying mantis eat each other when they're making love, same as spiders. But, you know, um, and then there's a tailless whip scorpion that's pretty strange looking. Um, Look terrifying, to be honest, and to give you a little scratch, but they wouldn't hurt you, you know. Yeah. My field is moths, though. My field is moths. Well, lepidopterist. Now, I got a question for you about moths. Go ahead. Well, I assume moths. If you were ever in a subterranean, uh, like a, like a mine shaft, an old mine shaft, long abandoned, and uh, you were in the dark, pitch dark, mind you, no light whatsoever, and uh, very dry, very dry, not a damp mine shaft, you know, desert mine shaft, uh, let's say uh, Mojave, Texas, somewhere, you know, somewhere dry, and. Um, if you felt something on your face, would you say that was likely to be something living in the mine shaft? Is there any kind of moth or, or insect or fly that could feel like a... almost like being caressed by a hand? What would well, you suspect? sounds like quite a disturbing experience. I, I wouldn't say that there, there, there aren't any subterranean moths that have so far been discovered, but... That's not to say that they they don't exist, but I, I think that seems unlikely. Yeah. Uh, I suppose that could be that could be some form of uh, let me think maybe a crane fly or uh, anything that um, like a June bug perhaps. But I wouldn't feel that would be a caress. Was there a noise? Is this experience you had or a theoretical? This is. Well, I don't hold much with the theoretical, but uh, in this case, let us say that it is. Well, I would say uh, the only strange thing I would I would add from the account that I was given was uh, that um, in the experience of the party to whom this occurred, that uh, there was no other real. Uh, signs of life down there, you see. I don't think it was a very habitable environment. But I know from being in the desert myself an awful lot that you can have all kinds of life that is not necessarily immediately visible to the casual well, Insects onlook. will survive anywhere. They are, you know, uh, a very resilient um, part of the animal kingdom. Well... Uh, so... Could could well have been an insect, but a mine shaft. You're correct. It's not a particularly habitable environment. That's why, I, to be honest, I surprised that they they wanted me to come out there with you. But I guess the groundwater might be a different matter. Is it true what yeah. they say about moths that they're trying to get to the moon? 
<laughs> it's a nice story. It's very romantic, and, you know, there's not many romantic things said about insects of any sort, let alone moths, but, no, I'm afraid it's not true they're trying to get to the moon. I, they do use the moon to navigate by, but... Well, that's the one. Not, they're not trying to get well, to... Well, that's the one. I was going to say, there ain't nothing no romantic about insects trying to get to the moon. I would query their motivations. <laughs> yes. What do they know that we don't? These moths oh, of yours, well, moon indeed, moths. They, all sorts. I expect we'll come to discover that insects, insectoid creatures, and know all, all kinds of things that we don't. Their knowledge may be far superior to ours. Just different, different kind of knowledge. Well, I don't know so much about that. I've never seen a caterpillar riding along in a motor vehicle like we are. Right you now. ever heard of a high hive intelligence? You know, the way a bee communicates through dance? Yeah. But they know. don't drive a motor vehicle. They don't build no, a motor no. vehicle. Well, they certainly don't drive a motor, motor vehicle like Beverly here does. <laughs> Thanks. You're doing a real good job of keeping us on the Thanks, road. Mr. Wait a minute. Beverly's driving? I thought I was driving. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's using my uh, first name. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I said I was Jack. Uh, but, um... Oh, apologies. I, 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 I'm terribly short-sighted. I thought, I, I thought Beverly, or excuse me, Jack was driving. No, no, you knew I was Beverly because it was on the paperwork. I understand. No, but you are driving, correct? I, I just take my glasses off and give them a little clean. Uh, try and work out which of you it's is It's all right, driving. Mr. Lafitte, I'm driving. And I am Beverly and I'm Jack. I'm, I'm more like a Beverly than a Beverly. How good are you at driving? Uh, Out of, as a percentage. Um, well, um... I need to know how I feel about your driving. Mr. Mooney, um... Am I asking... Are you asking me that, Mr. Mooney, or is Dominic out? Oh, Mr. Mooney's smoking out the window. Yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, windows are all down, I'm assuming. Um, I'm 60% drive. All right, I respect your driving. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas the wire companies uh, say that the, the black sludge coming out of the pipes is just something to uh, not to worry about. Another day here on Texan soil. If I could draw your attention to and police brutality causing the effects of. Well, hello, hello. Oh, back. Oh, now I'm back. Um, the asphalt seemed to uh, is cracking a lot more along here. You can tell the roads aren't very well maintained. Um, and as you see on your right, you see this sort of ridge coming up out of the sand in the distance that you assume is the Devil's Backbone. It's the only way it's marked on the map, certainly. And you know there was a mining community around here and various other things but you're not sure what state that's going to be in when you get there because it's so out in the sticks um you uh it, it, it rears up like the spine of a dead lizard sort of stuck out in the desert and you uh yeah as the asphalt cracks in front of you and the heat haze it sort of makes the distance impossible to gauge really um i should mention at this point that the car's basically an oven even with the windows open like we're over a hundred degrees Fahrenheit, of course. Um, is that the van? Is that the seventy-one van? Yeah, the the Chevy. Yeah, uh, Chevy. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and it's uh, so it's yeah it's absolutely baking so you all look like you just stepped out of a swimming pool whatever you're wearing you're sort of you're drenched it's sticking to your skin um even though it's not even 11 in the morning you start off at five let's say from from austin and you stopped off but um you know you're in the area and um yeah the hot winds sort of like doing far less than the fan belt woods which is broken of course um and uh yeah it, the water's like drinking warm tea and uh you're trying to look through the haze as you you drive along um like you were told in marathon like the next town it's not too far but you seem to have traveled much further than they implied um and uh you haven't even seen her so much as uh like a speed limit sign or a, a road sign in about the last 20 miles um but then you and you realize the uh, the gas gauge has just dipped below half a tank um so you're gonna need some fuel soon but at least you're sort of in the area it might be maybe slightly nervous because of the heat keep your eye on that fuel gauge there mr carstairs yeah i, I sure will mr mooney we don't want to end up and dry and full of shit. Damn. Yeah. Say, Mr. Mooney, you ain't good with the maps you remind me. <laughs> I've got... I'm not so bad with a map. Well, most of my maps are up here, young man. Well, uh, uh, that, that one in the glove compartment, I think we should probably check it, just in case. Uh, with, with tapping on half fuel, I figure that Maybe it's time to double-check that we are where we are. I mean, I'm confident unf- that we are. I unfurl this huge map of Texas all over the dashboard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and I take a small a small pair of reading spectacles from my damp top pocket of my mm. half-open shirt and affix them to the end of my nose. I think as he's doing this, over them. Uh, Jack Beverly says, I mean, you, you, I think you know full well that like on half a tank of gas there'd be no point even turning back so the idea of well let's not get stuck in the desert is a sort of moot point at this stage it's like we'll we'll have to find somewhere soon it's it's more of an act i think of reassurance to himself yeah uh oh absolutely that, that he is where he thinks he is but you know yes. by the description of this the the devil's backbone speaks volumes doesn't mm. it? so yeah uh, um, and then you, you do see something as you're driving ahead. You see the, the a glint of a sun reflection. You see this sort of um, what what comes into view is a faded metal sign. That's like this uh, sort of a, a happy-go-lucky cowboy sign. It almost looks like it could be a neon if they had the money, but they clearly don't. And um, it's uh, it's looks like it's dated back to the 1950s from when there might have last been uh, the uranium town surrounding the place uh, the workers and there's a cartoon word bubble above the cowboy's head that says you're almost there partner um, sort of pointing off on the right and um, behind it is this sort of very weathered looking SO logo which you, you recognise um, and it says uh, there's a little wooden sign tacked underneath saying five miles and turn right um, and uh, as you sort of uh, follow along, um, there's another sign, another tacked-on wooden sign that says Abattoir, three miles. The Apocalypse Players present 
Highway of Blood. A Call of Cthulhu scenario by Alex Gliot, Ian Christensen, and Devay Brian Jackson. With Dan Wheeler as Quincy J. Lafitte. Dominic Allen as Edward Ed Mooney. Joseph Chance as Beverly Jack Carstairs. And Dana McAleer as the Keeper of Arcane Law. This is based on a true story. Part 1. The Devil's Backbone. The escaped Zonki, we mentioned earlier, has been tracked down to a local park and zoo in the area. Five miles and turn right. Um, and uh, as you sort of uh, follow along, um, there's another sign. Another tacked on wooden sign that says Abattoir, three miles. Um, so that sounds promising. And uh, the, the sign just underneath it, as you pass, you squint out of the window of the sort of dank humidity of your own sweat. And you see it says uh, gas and food. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, you, is the radio on as you're driving through? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Whatever it is, it's, it's getting on your nerves and you, or you nervously sort of start to fiddle with the knob just because, uh, you know, a bit of a change, you know. Or anything, a couple of uh, stations come on in Spanish. Um, we might do that in post, but I don't speak Spanish. So, uh, you know, you assume it's from across the border. And, uh, it them. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's all scars now. There's sort of switch between a few new metal, no, uh, a few different uh, sort of news sites in Spanish. I don't know if any of you have Spanish. Um, no, but uh, no. Points left over for languages. You've got to be kidding me, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Not I wanted quite. them, but no. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't we all? I've got a bit of Latin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, sh- I should have some German, but I don't. Pogonok. Windsheet Stagia, a Stagia war, I guess they're all Gorius, Murius, Agasvindius, Onegum Tuajudanum, got a strange sight. And um, you, you catch the end of quite a sort of a breathy country song. And then uh, this guy who you've heard a couple of times in the last couple of hours as you've shifted between the radios, you, you, you heard on the last sort of thing, you think his name's Coyote Mike. He seems to be like a regular on the, the local stations. And you hear his voice, which a uh, very sultry, deep Texan, trustworthy voice saying, uh, Welcome to another day in the seventh circle of hell. With the mercury expanded to top 110 degrees here on the devil's backbone, tomorrow ain't looking any better. As my old grandpa used to say, you can't change the direction of the wind, but you can always adjust your sails to reach your destination. I don't know where you're headed, my friends, but here's a little something to keep you rolling down the highway. And he shifts effortlessly in that way that local disc jockeys do. 
into the next song. That's a, a sort of uplifting country tune. And um, yeah, as you sort of pass over this, the road becomes more and more dust choked. It takes you over a series of hills and around a couple of hairpin turns. That's amazing music, that's absolutely perfect. Um, but these hairpin turns seem to come out of nowhere. And I imagine you're focusing now. You, 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 you're off the, the main road, so I won't ask for a drive roll just yet. But it becomes slightly more chaotic. And, um, and then out of nowhere, you seem to come across this archaic wooden bridge that the highway continues over. And you get over it with no problem. And at the other Jesus side, shit, uh, that was scary stuff. I didn't, I didn't see a bridge on the map, I, I say. And I look back anxiously no. at... Uh, Mooney, and I, I imagine we're all in the front. For some reason, it's like. Uh, yeah, I guess we probably are. If it's a, yeah. if it's a, if it's a van, it's probably a big bench seat, right? right? Yeah, enough like four enough. seater in the front, maybe. Yeah, because I think it's quite yeah. wide. It's quite a wide vehicle, right? But but definitely room yeah, for yeah. those two to my right. So I, I imagine that Mooney's next to me. If if no, but Mooney said he was by the window smoking. So absolutely, I guess it's Lafitte next to me. Yeah, I, I can imagine Lafitte squeezed, squeezed in between the two of you. Not at all offended. Like he's mm. totally, he's perfectly genial. Sort of like squeezed, <laughs> squeezed up like this. And so I keep leaning across you to have a look thing. at the map, the edges of the map, because it takes the whole dashboard. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's really <laughs> small, out the, uh, really small print. Blocks out the right-hand rear. Uh, the block was the right-hand mirror, of course. But you know, who needs? That? I don't think bridges are marked on this map. There is no key for bridges, so I don't think they got them. I think they just draw a line and expect you to know what that means. Well, that that bridge was quite a bridge, right? I, uh, and I turn and I look Lafitte for a second too long, as I'm driving quite fast still. Uh, mm-hmm. I look for a second too long at you, Lafitte, and I say, more like a bridge than a bridge, right? And I just nod. And then, and then my eyes get back onto the road. I say, that, that was a bridge? <laughs> Yeah, and I, out of nowhere, I, I finish my cigarette, flick it out the window, stick my head out the window, and go. <laughs> wow! Apropos of nothing. <laughs> I don't know what that was like for you guys, but mine just cut out all sound, so I have to <laughs> imagine too. it was a mine, mine a was like someone underwater wrestling with something. It <laughs> was amazing and loud. It was good. Don't it feel? Great to be alive. <laughs> uh, do, do you want your drive roll for that? Um, no. Do you know what? I'll, I'll assume you're okay, unless you feel shocked enough. To, I, I, ju- to I do jump in my seat. Yeah, and then, and you and then I, oh yeah. Okay, and then I then I punch the dashboard suddenly and go, God damn it! I wish we'd brought ourselves a dog with us. <laughs> and the car explodes. Um, you, uh, but as you as you reach the end of this wooden rickety bridge and you turn around this rocky corner and you know that there's been the sign for abattoir, so at least there'll be food and gas if the sign's still correct. Um, you may have done this while I was off, but could you give me like a brief description of your characters as they sit there sweating under the the hot almost midday sun? Well, after my outburst and saying about the dog. I then sit back and start rolling another cigarette, uh, slumped in the corner, and I'm, I'm sort of tittering to myself. <laughs> um, as I roll the cigarette, I've got a huge white beard. The old prospector. Um, 
and it's dripping over the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, this huge white beard that's like matted with sweat and and yellowed all round my mustache with nicotine stains. Um, my hair is actually like uh, like almost like a military style cut. Um, like a buzz cut. Buzz. Not quite a buzz cut, but like like okay. like an old fashioned, mm. like a thirties. Like, really clipped. Real short back and sides. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very weather-beaten. My skin is yeah. very, like, tanned and cracked, uh, which makes me look a lot older than my 53 years. And I'm wearing a thin white shirt that's open almost down to the navel, and it's almost transparent yeah. with sweat. The sleeves are always rolled right up. And I've got a... I've taken my braces off so they're hanging around my sides and I'm just wearing some old, like... Scuba mask. Dung- dungaree style, you know, not, not dungarees, but like, like old-fashioned jeans. Um, Workman's um, overalls or like... Yeah, sort of that. that kind more of that like. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I look, I look... Yeah, yeah, I look like... It looks like from another era. It looks like I'm, I'm like in World War II or something, like an engineer in World War II. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Past uh, yeah. trousers. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah. is there anything? And that's from the Well, yeah, no. Yeah. Gimme give, give me anything. Oh, else. just that and, and and yeah, I'm I'm rolling this cigarette frantically as tobacco drifts down into gets lost in my beard somewhere as I'm bouncing around in this van tittering to myself and you can see all my wiry mixes. Um very wow. lean and and, and tight. Yes, I've got a good. I've got a good image. Um, and as the camera facing the facing the windscreen, of course, from in front, pans left. Who do we see sat in the uh, the middle seat? So in the middle, you see uh, um, Qu- Quincy J. Lafitte, who's um, he's got a a, a really sort of um, yeah sort of benevolent smile on his face. He's sort of hunch hunched over a little bit. He's wearing a um, a, a suit. Uh, but it's kind of ill-fitting. He, he mm. just looks... The, the sort of shape of, of him that you can see under the suit kind of is the shape of a man for whom a suit will never fit, <laughs> no matter how expensive it is. I know his feeling. He's, <laughs> he's, um, he's really so... <laughs> he's really so kind depressed. of <laughs> skinny and wiry and... Um, he's, uh, he, yeah, he's, he's, quite, he's quite skinny, but yet kind of sort of bony and... He's he's got these big um, glasses, like thick lens glasses. So the whole combination, it gives him these sort of like bug eyes. So he does look like an insect. Like Stephen Merchant of extras. (laughs) Yeah, the way he's hunched over and one of his eyes is slightly lazy and it looks like it's sort of moving independently from the other. Wow. Um, But he's not, he's not like, uh, he's not hideous. He's very unusual. No, um, he's very unusual. Um, yeah. It's sort of very unusual looking, but his hair is sort of slicked down nicely. He's clean shaven. He looks like he's, you know, made made an effort to. Yeah. Uh, he looks after himself. He smells of soap, um, huh. and he's. Uh, what else? What else to tell you about him? Um, yeah, he, he seems like a. There's, there's something about him that seems like. Uh, He's not. He's not just like a, an insect geek. Looks like there might be like a, a bit of in, a bit of um, edge to him as well in terms mm. of like 
where he's from. And that's partly, you know, the way you hear him speak. He doesn't speak like, you know, a normal um, zoology professor. Ooh. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, got, he's from a, um, a slightly more um, uh, rough background, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. I forgot a really important detail about my appearance. <laughs> Go on. I have, a, I have a livid, bright red <laughs> livid scar that runs from the corner of my mouth almost up to my ear. Mm-hmm. So it looks like I've got this constant kind of lopsided grin, even when I'm not smiling. It's, kind of, it's slightly unnerved, but from a distance, it looks like I'm just kind of like... Almost like a sailor. The whole time. Yeah. But, but unnervingly so. Yeah, yeah great. <clears throat> Sorry. Any distinguishing features for uh, Mr. Lafitte? Apart <laughs> <laughs> from his, like... Bug eyes. Bug eyes. Yeah, yeah, of course. Sorry, yeah. His antenna. Um, he's well. You will have noticed when he got into the car, um, when he got into the van, that he he walks he walks with quite a pronounced limp. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, no, no. He's like apart from his, apart from his thick glasses, um, he's there's his his he's clean shaven, sort of smart. His hair is quite smartly um, slicked, sort of um, uh, salt and pepper kind of color. Love it. So Beverly John Carstairs um, tends to introduce himself as Jack just to avoid the conflict, the conflict that comes with calling himself Beverly, um, which is his name given to him by his mother. Um, he is um, in his early 30s. He has sandy, golden brown, curly hair. Um, it's not worn terribly long, but it's um, it does come down to his collar. Um, so it's, it's it's a little bit Apollonian, and in fact, there's a whole aspect of his face that suggests he, that he's really, really good looking. Um, but then, if you look at his face more carefully, you, you realize that his his eyes seem to be a little deep set, and his mouth seems to just be a little too wide. Uh, and the more you look at his mouth, the more uncomfortable you feel. Uh, um, uh, he. Uh, He's sort of like an AI generated. If you typed in the prompt "handsome man," he's like an artificially ing- generated <laughs> handsome man. There might be just yeah. there might just be a whiff of Lego about him, but yeah. but mm. but then as soon as you touch onto that whiff of Lego, you feel that that Lego belongs to another person in another time in another place. <laughs> um, mm. But he does come from Maine, uh, and uh, you can't necessarily tell that by looking at him. Uh, but but that person in the other time and place would almost certainly be in Maine. Um, yeah. The uh, yeah, he's wearing a cheesecloth shirt, which is undone by about five buttons. Uh, he did take his tank top off um, after about three hours of driving. It was totally soaked with sweat by then. Um, and Rung it out at the window. Yeah, exactly. He wears he wears fashionable flared uh, jeans. He's about. Um, I guess average height in those days. He's he's about five eleven, uh, so he's he's taller than than average, mm. taller than average. Uh, he's um, got very wide shoulders, looks strong, looks like he yeah. still works out, um, uh, and uh, yeah, every now and then, it, his eyes stay too long in one place. Like he might be thinking about something important to him, but but it's always inappropriate to what he's actually doing. 
Yeah, it was, oh, very, very bright blue eyes. Uh, very blue, very clear blue. Um, I think that's I it. I love it, piercing. Yeah, piercing blue eyes. Great. And so the camera hands left again and swerves round to face the direction the van's traveling in, the Chevy. And um, you're back on another long stretch of road, but you can see now, even through the heat, um, sort of shimmer, you can see uh, another sign on the right and a road that leads off, a dust road. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's a sign saying, Welcome to Abattoir. And beneath that says, Population 850. Um, although the sign's very old, so you imagine old enough that it clearly hasn't been updated to reflect any recent births or deaths, um, you'd imagine. Um and uh, I assume you turn off. I mean, considering you're on less than half a tank of gas, and I think it's time to turn the... back. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I mean, camp on that rickety bridge. Shouldn't we? Um, shouldn't we see if they've got gas here? Absolutely. Say, I, I I thought it was an abattoir that the sign was for. I didn't realize that was the name of the town. We was all thinking the same thing there, Jack. I'm not gonna lie. Be- Speak for yourselves. I, I didn't even see no sign. Well, I was thinking abattoir. I was thinking abattoir, gas, and food. Turns out it's gas and food in abattoir. The two things that are plentiful in abattoirs, but um, it seems from these last two signs that the town itself may be called abattoir. And, um, yeah, you take the sort of dust road off the on the right, and um, you hit a couple of... Uh, Rocks, or you know, there's a bit of bump on the roads, but um, doesn't seem like anything too major. Um, Damn I gotta say, uh, America's a big old place, but it's funny we've all run out of so many names that we have to call a place abattoir. <laughs> well, the last last town I believe was called Marathon. That's equally strange name. Obviously, you know. I would argue this could have easily been called New Marathon and we'd have been all right. <laughs> Very good point. Isn't there a Troy in Texas? I think I've met a lot there of people is. called Troy. <laughs> you might have thought they would have kept the old uh, Greek thing going. Jesus, this is... A, this is, uh, is this even got... <laughs> is this even got a tarmac on it? Asphalt. Has this even got asphalt on? Did they name it abattoir for the smell? He says. Sort of wind. As you ask yourself, um, it does have asphalt, this side road leading off towards abattoir, but it is so cracked to the point that it's half dust, you know, um, half desert sand blown over. Um, I, and the heat's still beating down on you. I'm, I'm going to strap myself in because I, I didn't have my belt on. Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm Good idea. St- strap myself into the. And I'm going to turn to the other two and see. You might want to buckle up. And do you? I mean, it's been tied out to them. It's the seventies. Uh, I mean, I look around. If there is a seatbelt in the middle, I'm not sure there would uh, be. Um, I sort of brace myself, like yeah. seat in the dash. Well, luckily, um, I don't require a drive roll just at this moment. You're just under that situation. Although <laughs> Thomas' response did remind me of was it the student who famously protested vociferously against vociferously against the seatbelt being introduced as a law and then was killed in a car crash. 
can't remember his name now. That's American true. Stephen. That's actually it's true. A phenomenal. That's amazing. Phenomenal that's story. Amazingly tragic. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Wow. Wow. Um, Just wow. But luckily, that doesn't happen this time. We sort of, uh, as 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 you come up, you see sort of uh, buildings dotted around on your right. Um, you see sort of scattered old buildings. You know, a mixture of like brick and wood. Um, some uh, sort of canvas um, constructions, and uh, and then in front of you is uh, quite clearly this Esso garage, uh, garage, garage. Yeah, you. Uh, so as you pass towards it, you see this other road pass off to your right, and it seems to, at a glance, it looks like what might be the main street, the main drag, uh, as they have in Norfolk, and. Um, you uh, you see like various buildings dotted along there and sort of hanging signs. Um, and uh, I study the hedgerow for boys and bears. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, trees. And a big red-faced, <laughs> a big red-faced gangly looking figure screams and runs away into the hills. But um, yeah, so as you pull up at the gas station, it's it's clearly quite a decrepit old building. It's got like uh, like the signs old, it's faded. Um, there's like a cardboard open sign hanging uh, against the window. The windows are filthy. Um, and you can see as you stop the the two gas pumps, they're like, they, they seem like they'd be functional, but they're pretty archaic. Um, there's a, like, there's a, there's a, one of the garage doors is open. Um, there's a, a 74 Chevy Nova up on the lift. No one working on it. It all seems rather, yeah, decrepit is the word. There's a row of oil cans sat against the wall, but there's, like, dark stains in the dirt around them, so it looks like one or more of them might have leaked out. Um, it's not like a... It doesn't look like a, a place that functions a huge amount, um, which might just be due to its, you know, remote location. Um, but, uh, yeah, sitting in the front of the station under the shade of this, like, corrugated iron roof, there's... There's there's two guys out there, sort of like really sort of weather beaten looking fellas, very wrinkled, and um, they sort of just slowly watch you drive up and uh, spit a bit of tobacco, maybe light light a cigarette, one of them, and like uh, they don't uh, make a move towards your car or anything. Say, Mr. Mooney, is this going to be a DOE, uh, or am I going to put it in my pocket book? Uh, oh, yeah. Charge, char- yeah, char- charge it to the government. Fuck them. If you're happy with that, uh, I, I I know that, uh... I don't think there's a man in the United States wouldn't be happy with it, except they're, they're a government man, which I am, and I don't care, so... Well, so, <sighs> you know, so long as I can say to the, uh, Environmental Protection Agency that I, uh, I fought a good fight. When it came to the gas, <laughs> you, you you happy with that, Mister Lafitte? Yeah, funny man, Mister Carstairs. Thank you, sir. Oh, I, I'm I'm just along for the ride. I, I I'm I know, your, I know you'd like to keep the peace. I like you like to keep the peace. Disposal. I, I don't want to make you the middleman or nothing. Well, you shouldn't have sat me I here. I smile an horrifically wide grin. <laughs> Yeah, this man's a comedian as well. Yeah, <laughs> lucky to be 
Ah, let's do it. And I just hold it for a few seconds too long. And then I just drop it. And my eyes are kind of dead. And then I go mm. to the door and I, I open the door. Oh, I'm not sure my legs are going to work, but let's give them a try. And I sort of pop them out. And I, and I leap down and I do a sort of little cheerlead dance. Mm-hmm. And shake it out. And I undo my One shirt. And a sort of bald, pot-bellied fella sort of spits again <laughs> and just carries on staying. I undo my shirt entirely and I take it off. And I have a beautiful torso. <laughs> Amazing. He spits again because the sputer is clearly... He's just salivating now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I jest, I jest. I'm, I'm, I'm combining a 75 strength with 65 appearance and a 65... Um, size to create. You're a handsome, mm. a handsome, handsome like my face. Don't look at it for too long, but but there's something about his chest. Mm. Yeah. I've got a little pendant. I've got a little pendant or a medallion that swings in the light golden fur of my of of, of my breast. I I slip out after you and say, I'm just going to stretch my legs. And I sort of land awkwardly on one leg and and, and kind of unfold, like, almost like my joints work the wrong way and, like, limp away across the forecourt. Um, And and I am combining uh, uh, strength 25, appearance 35, (laughs) size 55. (laughs) Luckily, I'm just barking They're mad. They're all drawn to you, like moths to a flame. Uh, I, I mean, I genuinely <laughs> don't have enough strength to actually support my own average size. Um, I'm oblivious. I, I hop out of the cab with not so much as a sigh or a groan and bound over to the uh, the guys who stood there spitting. Nice. Um, and I'm already rolling another cigarette on the forecourt. Uh <laughs> And I say, well, howdy do, how's it going, fellas? I say, we was just driving along here and we couldn't help but notice that your town is called Abattoir. What a strange name, there must be a story there and I'd love to hear it. <laughs> Cigarette? There's there's two guys like that. There's only one who was spitting and he sort uh, of declines the offer silently. Uh, I used to chew myself, uh, but... Uh, well, I ain't got no many teeth left to do it, so I have to suck now. <laughs> he says, uh, all right, and he spits again. And then the guy next to him with, this guy's got like some sort of admiringly hot belly. Uh, yeah. And then the, the other guy is just silent as well, but he's got, he's got more closely cropped, like gray hair. You can mm. tell he's got like, he's got navel tattoos mm. and stuff like that. It looks a bit more hard boiled. And he sort of goes, uh, yeah, and off, offers his hand out for a, a cigarette. Yeah, I hand it to him, start rolling another one. Where, where do you get those, uh, that ink there, sir? Well, yeah, That's, uh, in the middle of the dairy. Ah, see much action? Big one? Yeah, bits and pieces there, there and then. I don't like talking about it much. Do I, Joe? And Joe's... The, the guy next to him with the broken teeth and sort of the balding pate and the pot belly sort of spits again and goes, he don't like talking much at all, no. Uh, but I can tell you about where I got mine. And he shows you his arm and he's got a tiny little tattoo compared to the other guys. And it's of a truck. But it looks like it was drawn by a child. And he goes, uh, I got that for driving the longest long haul distance. I went all the way from... And he, he starts talking, you get the impression he may never stop talking. And he says... Uh, 
I went all the way from, uh, well, I went from uh, Big Bend National Park all the way up to uh, Albuquerque, and then we dropped off there, and then we went all the way up. We went through New Mexico, up through, the, I ended up in New York before I was finished, Syracuse, and uh, folks around here ain't ever heard nothing like it. But, uh, oh, well, what brings you you here? And he, um, he spits again and adds another clump of chewing tobacco. Just to find out what brings us here. That's exactly what brings us here. I don't understand much about what you're saying, but, uh, you know. <laughs> Not uh, many well. do. <laughs> I just oh. wish we'd brought ourselves a dog. Yeah. And uh, he laughs in a very similar vein to you, but the guy you gave the cigarette to with the close-shaved grey hair sort of remains quite silent and quite stoic-looking. This your um, gas station? No. Ah. This is just the place to be, I guess. I like that. Well, no, this ain't our gas station. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Well, my name's Nate. It's a pleasure to meet you. I, Joe Nate and Nate, Patterson. nice to meet you. I've got the best stories in the town. If you ever want stories around the town, this here's my friend Steve. Steve Brown, he don't talk so much because he was in the war, you know. Um, but, uh, I thought you said his name was Joe. No, I never said that. <laughs> My memory ain't so good. <laughs> I don't think I said that. If I did, I was wrong. I'm Ed Mooney. People call me the Miner. Oh, nice know. to meet you. The Miner? Well, what you doing out here? Uh, I don't do that sort of mining no more. I do all sorts of different crazy things. <laughs> But the name stuck for some reason. Intriguing, intriguing, crazy things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at this point, of, of the other two of you, what have you been doing? Have you been checking out the pumps or have you been uh, sort of walking up to join Ed? I think I've just been sort of taking a little stroll around the forecourt, um, sort of gazing out over the heat haze. Yeah. I think after the explosion of myself out of the... Um, uh, out of the van, I've been quite, um, in fact, very focused, going to each of the pumps, seeing if either of them is working, um, mm. checking checking that they may have some kind of gauge that is going to tell me how much this is going to cost. Or yeah, yeah, oh, they are they are working, yeah. And um, as you hear uh, Ed Mooney sort of discoursing with these two, well, mainly with one. <laughs> Of these two old fellas sat outside the the station, um, you hear a voice from inside the open garage door. Um, well, I was going to say, I might just pause. Uh, I might just pause rather than before kind of mm, grabbing anything. Sorry to interrupt. Sure, it's more the sense of like obviously this is the time of attendance too. So I might just sort yeah, of, yeah. I might do a little last stretch, but then just kind of <laughs> yeah. stand and look to see if anyone's going to come out. Yes, for sure. And he doesn't, it's not that he's berating you for touching the pumps or anything, but you hear this voice from inside the garage sort of saying, uh, you are looking for fuel? And this guy wanders out. Um, and you see this as well, Ed and Quincy. And he uh, is quite a slender guy, um, sort of salt and pepper hair, quite lean, but very clean overalls for a mechanic. Got sort of all the rag hanging at the back of his back pocket. He says... Uh, I can fill her up for you. Uh, no problem at all. That would be real kind. Uh, didn't want to take yeah. you away from the... Uh, is that a 68 or a 71 Chevy? 
<laughs> 71. You got a good eye. 71. Yeah, but if you want to carry on with that, I'm I'm happy to fill her up. Uh, absolutely. Uh, well, you want want to look into as well. I mean, you want that fixed, don't you? And you see, he's looking down towards the uh, the back left of the the vehicle. I think my face becomes like that of a child's in that moment, <laughs> and, I, and I suddenly I suddenly look incredibly anxious, and then the mask mm. goes back on, and I and yeah. I say. Oh, I didn't know if there was any trouble. Let, let me see. I may well want... Yeah. We may well want that fixed, yes. He looks at you quite kind-heartedly. It's not like he thinks, oh, here's a chump. But he sort of says, uh, it's all right. The roads around here are rough enough not to notice at first, but you got a flat there at the back. Oh. And um, he goes around to the back, and he goes, and another... Don't suppose you got any spares. I got one in here. I could rustle up another from the old scrapyard. But uh, these two tires ain't taking you nowhere. Do you not feel a bump at all on that last road? Well, gee whiz. I did feel a bump, that's right. And that bridge was quite... Well, let's just say that it was quite the experience. I, um... Hmm. And I I scratched my head like a sort of... Like an 11-year-old. Mm. And, I, and I and I look over. I don't look at him. I look over at Mooney, who mentioned that thing about driving. And I look and I yeah. look down at the wheel and I go, hmm. Well, I don't think the I don't think the department's going to cover it, and I know the agency won't want to. Hmm. You mind well. if I talk to my two colleagues about this? Uh, do you? Yeah, we will. We're gonna need. Uh, of course, of course. I think we've got one spare, but we'll need the other one. Uh, d- yeah. And I say that wanna, I'm not well, actually. Sure. Do I have one spare? Could you do me? Well, is there a luck roll to be done? Maybe a group luck roll to see if you do have a spare time. Luck, I love it. Group luck. Mine is. Got, who's got the lowest luck? It's always me. Mine's seventy. Fifty-five is the lowest luck. That's the kind of group I like. Dude, that's really unlucky. Fifty-five is a good luck. I mean, that's. Yeah. We've had 35. Here we go. Yeah, 42. Oh, great. So um, you say, yeah, well, we got a... I, I guess that's you coming back, perhaps. Let's see. As he asks you that question, saying, yeah, I'm sure we got a spare. Is it your vehicle, to be clear? Okay. No. No, it's not. Okay, great. Uh, is it Jack's vehicle? Um, I, I can't remember. I think who it's I'm... been given to me by the um, uh, in the environmental the government, um, yeah, yeah, uh, protection agency. Uh, but I drive it regularly, so I know it. Yeah, you'd know uh, that there it is. It feels one. like yeah. it's mine. I think, uh, and and right. and so I I say I'm pretty sure we've got one. No, but I mean, like, I don't think he did know, and I, I think he suddenly no. If he if he could sweat any more, he would sweat more and go like, shit, I didn't hear yeah, yeah. that very well, did I? But I think we swing open the back. I swing open the back and I point to it to the guy like a little, like a like a boy who's done something wrong. And I go, I've got, I've just got this one. Um, anyway, and I close that up and I go, say, Mister Lafitte, Mister Mooney, uh, sure. We've got a couple of, we got a couple of uh, done tires here. They're, they're real, real bust out. Um, oh no! Ain't that the darndest thing? I, uh, this kind of gentleman able to replace one of them for us? You got well, a spare? I'm sure I can. I might just have to hop over to the uh, the wreck yard nearby. It's only uh, but a five minute trek, and I'll I'll have a look for you. You got one here. 
I'll, uh, I'll find the next one. Um, but let me fit this you one. You got a, a, rest, a rest room we could use while, yeah. while you work on it? Just inside, just inside the shop. You crack on. We got a, 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 cup, of, a cup of coffee as well while we're here? Uh, I ain't got no coffee machine. Uh, might have a couple of cold beers uh, out back somewhere. Oh, well, that, that, that'd that be even better, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he turns around and says, uh, Here, Nate, Nate, Steve. And uh, Ed will hear that being said. He'll notice them being sort of called to attention and say, uh, You got a spare can or two for these gentlemen here? I'm just trying to fix up there. They got two flats. Uh, and uh, the silent one. Um, so he goes, uh, yep, I'll grab them from inside. And he pushes open the sort of filthy open door, goes inside, uh, leaving Ed with the uh, the talkative trucker uh, who said, Ed, I was saying, by the time we reached Syracuse, I, I couldn't uh, understand what I got to. I was starting to hallucinate, but uh, blah, 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 and he's, he's talking away. Um, the other two of you... Um, uh, you don't know this guy's name yet, but he turns around and he says, uh, by the way, my name is Russ. Folks around here call me Russell. Russ Williams is uh, the name. Uh, pleasure to meet you. Nice. And he sort of extends nice a sort of slightly tremoring hand. And he says, uh, now uh, I'll get you fixed up as soon as possible. Um, let's get on this. And he, he sort of goes back into the garage where the car's lifted up and start pulling stuff out. You can see it's like a jack and a tire iron and stuff. Um um, I, I think I might if, if we've opened the back of the the van to get the spare tire yeah. out. I might uh, get out my butterfly net and just sort of wander around the perimeter <laughs> of the. Through so the butterfly knife you're going to go for. It's like shit. <laughs> They're supposed to be the grindhouse villains, right? My butterfly net. Yeah, okay. and I just sort of might sort of <laughs> wander around the edge of the forecourt. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got. So I, I should I should explain Quincy's eyesight. It's uh, it's quite strange. He is short sighted. He does have these thick glasses, but at, at relatively short distances, his eyesight is perfect. He's very good at spotting small things moving quite close. Um, it's it's why he got into entomology because he was forced to study things close up. So you know when so when I do my first spot hidden roll and um, and you're surprised that it's as high as it yeah is, yeah 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 that's to explain it <laughs> but dis- distant stuff I'm always going to struggle with but close up on but you know that the, the senses so compensate don't they right the fact that it's only sort of quite yeah that, yeah. that circle he he what's his I mean, is his hearing okay tip top uh, yeah it's, it's not only special forty nine it's, um, it's but yeah it's, it's Listen is 45 and his spot hidden is 60. So, yeah, his senses yeah, he's are, a, are he's smart. smart. It's, it's just, just a distance thing. In fact, as, um, as he so sort of shakes his head to make sure his listening is all right, you hear this rusty sort of whine, a high-pitched whine, and you see what the other two have probably clocked already. There's like a an old rusty Coca-Cola machine on the side that seems to be sort of struggling to its last breath, and a cigarette machine next to it with a big sign on it, again, saying out of order. Um... Well, you're there by the car whilst uh, Russo, as he told him to call you, has gone inside to find the equipment to fix up your tyres. And 
I just want to keep quizzing this guy. Yeah, I think I, I, I take it from their lead. And if Mr. Mooney's still off, if Ed's still off, then I think I, I look to Quincy and I, I think I, I walk over towards him a little stiffly and I say, I'm real sorry about this. Must have been the way I took that bridge. First one, I think maybe I did feel that bump, but second one, damn it. Son, there's no need to apologize. I, I, As he's talking roads. to me, I just turn. And is that rude? I interrupt him. But maybe you carry on, I don't know. And I just walk back to squat we, down we have... and look at the wheel. And I'm looking for nails. Hmm. I was saying we have roads We have roads like this back in Florida. I, I, I don't think you need to be ashamed of your driving. I was quite impressed with how smooth you took it, considering how rough the roads are out here. So I stopped with the nails. <laughs> and as he talks on... Um, it, I'm not even going to ask you for a spot hidden because you're looking for exactly what you find. You find a large, rusty iron nail, just the head of it on the surface of the flattened tire. Um, and if you go around to the other one, you find the same thing after spinning it around in that. So there's two rusty uh, nails embedded in that are clearly the reason they're deflated. I'd like to do an engineering check to see the percentage chances of getting two rusty nails. I will leave it up to you, keeper of the of the, of the, of the arcane Gary. hotlands, the arcane yeah. Texas westlands. As, uh, as to, to do what, what you're trying to do to remove them. I, I want to work out the percentage chances of getting not one puncture, but two from some random rusty nails. Ah, I see. It's the kind of sure. It's the kind of mathematical quiz that I think our man, uh, Mister Mister Jack Carstairs, Beverly adm- likes this kind of yeah, yeah. arithmetic. I look back at I, I look back at the feet and I say, "I'm real sorry. I I didn't listen to that last bit. I'm just thinking about the chances of us getting two nails in two tires on a road like yeah. this." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, two away from a fumble. Uh, so, so, oh wow, you're right there. Did you inhale a fly? It's a cracking fail. <laughs> so you, uh, well, you, you can't really tell. Your mind goes through certain things, and you're like, well, that does seem strange. But at the same time, I guess it makes sense if two nails were next to each other, could be off a plank of wood. That's the same plank of wood. Uh, we weren't really paying attention. You know, you can't. <laughs> Basically, I, I say to the logical deduction. What are the chances? What are the chances? And I and I take. Can I can I take one of the nails out? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just yeah. got this nail, and I, and I stand next to him, and I just keep looking at the nail. Mm. It's just a rusty big iron nail. I I, I put I pass it over to you, and I say. More like a nail than a nail, huh? <laughs> and I take it and I say, um, you know, a, a bee may sting only once because it leaves its stinger behind. A wasp stings over and over. Feels like maybe our truck here got down stung by a wasp. I, I lean in really close and I say, do they dance too, the wasps? <laughs> I'm afraid not. No figures. 
They're uh, solitary creatures, wasps. Well, some kind of bees are as well. The wood, the wood bee is a, a solitary creature. That, uh, but, but, but no, no, it's uh, honeybees that dance. You fancy that beer? The waggle dance, they call it. Waggle dance. Hmm? I said, do you fancy that beer? Speaking of waggle dance. Um, um, as, you, as you're talking, you hear a burst from the radio. A radio starts up near you coming out of the garage, and you hear uh, Coyote Mike's voice again. Saying, uh, well, uh, thanks again for joining us. And those of you who uh, want a little boogie and want a little dance, um, I hope you've not been stung by those, uh, those, those folks we told you about earlier. You know, it's easy to get stung, but it's even easier to forgive in the eyes of the Lord. So let's have a little boogie in the name of that. And sticks on another track that's like really sort of, and you see um, Russo coming out with the like the wireless, and he says, uh, Oh, but don't man, like to have it on while I, I work on the, the car. And they all get up and start doing a... Um, <laughs> but I'm done. Can I... I give... I give... Um, the man there, was he Steve? Uh, the one you're talking, talking to is to? Nate. He's the one who's talkative. He's like a... Yeah, Nate. Yeah. yeah. I give him a nudge with my elbow and go, I say now, you know, that um, coyote, Mike... He, you know him. He must be oh, based around here. Oh though. yeah, no, no, he's not based around here. But he's one of the. I think he's got a. I don't know how someone explained it to me once. Scientific fellow who came through. I think he was on the way to some mines or something. He had a great brain on him, but he re- explained it. He said he had a higher push rate or something like that on his. He had a higher. I don't know how he said it. He could reach more people. I've heard you can get Coyote Mark up in uh, New York. Uh, so you don't know where exactly Coyote Mac is based? Well, I think uh, probably a marathon, but uh, that would be my guess. He's just a comforting uh, voice. Makes a lot of sense. I can run. See, uh, I, I, I just got a, a hankering, a wild, wild, violent desire to do a crossword. You ain't got a newspaper. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. And then... And then um, the the other fella comes back out with a, a few cans. Um, they don't look exactly cold, but they look cold enough to... I mean, compared to the heat you've been in, they look absolutely delicious. Steve, the crop-head, silver-haired guy with the tattoos, and he sort of hands you one and says, Hey, I'm one for your friends as well. And he says, Oh, oh, Steve, do you know where Coyote Mark's based? He says, I don't know. I don't listen much to that wireless except when it's on here. And he heads over to uh, Quincy and Jack and hands them both a. Uh, oh, let let me let me pay for these. My my treat. A pab's my treat. blue ribbon. Uh, no, no, said. that's fine. Oh no, please! I I, I really. Listen, they're on the house. It, they're on the house. We don't get many visitors through here. Oh well, that's most kind. And he walks off and sits back next to uh, his mate. And uh, so then you've got Russo there, and he starts. He says, uh, "Well, you got two holes here in the uh, the tires, but I don't see uh, what might have caused them. Could have just been a spark on the road or something that, uh... yeah, interesting." And he sort of wipes his face with the the oil rag and says, uh, "Let's have a look at the other one." And he goes around the uh, pulls out the nail within a, the matter of a, a few seconds. And he says, uh, "Oh." What bad luck, what bad luck. And he tucks it into his pocket. 
and um, says, uh, well, you got your spare. I'll head over to uh, the yard just over there and uh, well, it shouldn't take long to find one that would max your, your van, maybe an hour or two. Uh, if you don't mind staying here. No, of course. Um, excuse me. Yeah. For, forgive me. I, I'm sure you know what you know your business, but um, do you, you you don't have a single tire in this place that would fit fit our van? No, well, nearby. Um, the well, <laughs> the door you're around back, Wayland's. Uh, there'll definitely be a car there uh, with a tire that we could use to match it. I just don't have a matching one here. Uh, it'll be a matter Surprise. of. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, something like that. Oh, oh, good. Not not an hour or two. That Well, well I can't was... promise, but uh, we'll have one somewhere. We'll get it to you as soon as possible, yeah. Lafitte, do um, you have yeah, uh, mechanical repair? Should we do a mechanical repair likelihood roll, the two of us? I, I mean, I, I can do. I don't really have any mechanical repair. Uh, as a player, um, I, I re- remember... Uh, our keeper telling us that there was a van um, a van up on being worked on I, I'm, I'm just surprised that the garage wouldn't have a tyre but that's a, oh, that's the, a the, car, the car's a Chevy but it's a slightly different brand but you can see behind the SO garage you can see a huge like yard of like cars there's clearly a lot of parts and stuff, and it's just behind the garage. So, oh well, if it's just behind, then that makes a little bit more sense that they might not have to keep anything on. Side. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe I'm not that. Maybe I'm not that concerned by that. Then, uh, as yeah. a player, and my Jazz Honda broke down in Norfolk, <laughs> and I had to wait a day for my ty- my one tire. Um, so I'm just yeah. going to throw that in as yeah. my. Uh, can I get a bonus die on my mechanical repair for that? Um, yeah, yeah, go for it. Bonus die. Uh, so 42, Come on. 91. Um, I'm, I'm just going to allow it. 91, 21, 21. Uh, so um, I've, I've, I think I'm convinced, right? It's like, it's not that easy. Well, it's not that easy. It's 71, it's a four year old van. This place looks yeah. like it hasn't seen action since the 1960s. Uh, they might have something. They'll have something that they can... It might not be that but easy won't, to find. But it won't even be that good to fit. It's like it'll be some... They might have to adjust And I, and I think, you know, he's he's that kind of highly strung guy that he immediately, as soon as this guy Russo turns away, I think I go over to Lafitte, right next to him again. A little That little too close thing that I've just done once already. And I say, yeah. listen, it can be really hard to find tires sometimes. I, I'm a bit worried that he might not even be able to find one that won't last us more than like 50 miles. I don't know. I'm sure it can be quite hard to locate tires, but um, I I don't know. I, I can't remember looking at the map how, how much further we got to go. Might it just make us, you know, make the distance to the next stop? I'm so mesmerized. I'm so mesmerized. Dan is going cross-eyed, and it's utterly horrific. I'm so mesmerized by the cross-eyes as he leans in that I just have to say, I'm sorry, can you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I can't remember how far it may be to our next stop. So, you know, perhaps uh, a, a temporary fix on the wheel would do the do the trick. I don't know. He reminds me awfully of a zookeeper. <laughs> oh, my uncle was a Is zookeeper. Is it a zookeeper? 
my, my <laughs> uncle uh, Francis Lafitte, they used to call him Mr. Romeo. Mr. Mooney. Or, Mr. Or, Mooney, is that as you as you're having this discussion, uh, Russ sort of comes out and he says, uh, "So, uh, well, I'll go back round to uh, the uh, the well the wreck yard, see if I can. I'll be able to find something relatively soon. Um, you'll be right here for a little while at least, or well." Yeah, you'll be right here. And he sort of looks to Nate and the other guy. Has anyone got a newspaper? I'd just like to read and the Nate, news. the potbelly guy you've been talking to, the trucker says, yeah, you can get a newspaper. They'll probably be down at, uh, down at the bar, down at the, the motel bar. They'd have them down there, down at the last stop, they call it. Um, that's the place for food and news and all that stuff. It's only a way along there. Uh, well, I'm well. I'm I'm gonna go get myself a newspaper. So if anyone wants to accompany me, I'm gonna be walking out of this. How far are we talking here, and, stranger? Uh, Russo sort of uh, says, uh, "Well, well, you could, but uh, you you'd be better off waiting till the next stop or going back Marathon Way. I don't know what brought you down here, but the food here ain't so good, and uh, I, I don't." I'm not looking for food. You must have cloth in your ears. I'm looking right, for a newspaper. Right, right. Well, uh, well, Nate here might be right then. I suppose that might be the best place to get one. Uh, yeah. Oh, can I do a psychology roll on this man to see if he is talking exclusively about the quality of the food or is he warning me about something else? No, feel free. <laughs> Excellent question. <laughs> is that the kind of thing that we could join in on or is that... Well, you've witnessed this, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the conversation, so I'd say, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm weird. I'm weird, but I'm not. I'm not good at engaging, but I do observe. Is that nothing? Oh, yeah, okay. That's a 13 on my 69 20. on a 20. Wow. Oh, my God, we are, none of us are good at psychology. None of us, mine is, we're a bunch of scientists. <laughs> if he was an insect, I might. I love just... it. Jack, sort of, you're intrigued, but you don't really get a sense of him. Like, you haven't, you know, I think you're still thinking about the nails and, the, well, you know, how unlikely or likely. Well, I just rolled a hell of it and I rolled a zero six. so uh, actually. Oh, really? So, Quincy and Ed, roll. you get the impression from him that he's a hardened guy, but he seems to be warning you away from the last stop. There's, there's something in the tone, timbre of his voice that was like, it seemed like he was grasping at straws with the food being bad. Mm. Um, but not so specific. You might you might be imagining it, but and maybe he's just jealous. Maybe he has a local rivalry, like rivalry with the guy. But he seems to be saying, uh, "Oh, you'd be better off um, avoiding that place." You get the sense that there's a slight well, I, I, element of, uh, if not fear, then concern that he's got something against the. Well, I, yeah, I follow it up with. Um, Say, uh, and then, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm sorry, I keep going on about Coyote Mike. I'm absolutely fascinated. Um, th- that last thing he said, uh, did you, that make sense to you? Because it made not a hind bit of sense to me. The, um, thing he said about it, watch out for those people out there. Uh, rem- I have to confess, I said? don't think I was listening that close. But do you know what he was referring to if I told you that's what he said? Watch out for those people out there that you can't trust, folks, in general, that you should be on guard. 
I see what I see you're thinking there. I see it was Nate, was it? Uh, no, no, no. I'm Russell. I'm Russell. You're I'm Steve. The, the fellow who runs You're Russell. The place. All right, okay. Uh, Steve, Steve. My memory Nate, ain't they just so sit good. out front, don't you, lads? And one of them just spits, and the other one goes, all right. Well, uh, I, 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 I see what you're getting at. I see what you're getting at. You're getting at the general. But I have felt that it had something of the specific about it. Maybe that's my paranoia. <laughs> I do get awful jumpy sometimes. Don't know why. Well, Just as, do. as you say that, he sort of chuckles, not n- nervously, but sort of conversationally, and he gets down on the knee to like look at the the tires and the one he's just rolled out and he sets the radio down and he goes well I don't know general from specific I just listen to the music I don't know this fella I, le- I lean down next to him not getting down on my knee but just leaning over him so my beard is kind of touching his face and I just say cause I've seen some things you know I've seen crazy things out in the desert sometimes and I just worry sometimes that you know you gotta be careful, ain't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta be damn careful. Weirdly, he. Well, yeah. I'm going to this bar. Yeah. <laughs> God, I wish I had a. However dog. creepy you just were, oddly he reacts quite calmly and just sort of chuckles along with you and says, uh, <laughs> "Yeah, we all seen things out in that desert." Anyway, I'll get on with this, <laughs> and starts concentrating on the car. I call back. I start walking off in what I assume is the direction of the bar. And I call back and go, maybe it was me you saw. <laughs> maybe it was me. And he looks up. Maybe it was He looks me. up at you and uh, smiles quite gently and just shakes his head slightly and looks back to the tyre. I just stand there and stare at him for quite a while. Yeah. And then I look back to the others and I go, I'm just going to pop down to this bar and get myself a newspaper. Anyone want uh, Nate, the, the talkative trucker sort of goes, No, I'm all right, partner, but you help yourself. You might find yourself a, a newspaper down there or uh, whatever you guys are looking for, whether it's an egg breakfast or a back and sandwich. It's up to you. <laughs> you get on that. And uh, the other guy. I was talking to my colleagues, uh, friend, but... I can get you something too, should you when need he it. Said the two guys, I assume the guys on the bench. But uh, he says that regardless. <laughs> you can feel free to ignore it. I, I look at Lafitte and I say, Do you think it's always like this around here? It does seem somewhat. Um, uh, well, I, I hate I hate to use the word backward because I know that's the word people would have used to describe the place where I grew up, but that is. Let's face facts, it is somewhat backward round here, isn't it? It's all right, I come from Maine. Oh, well, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Do you think we should all wander down to this uh, motel bar, see if we can get a bite? I'm nodding at you, and I point at Mooney, and I say, We're with you, Mooney. Let's go. It's okay, we'll we'll bring these bottles back. I I imagine they're bottles. They were probably cans, were they? Pabst Blue blue Ribbon, is that what he... Were they cans? I think that's what he said, yeah. Three no cans, cans of Pabst Blue Ribbon, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, we don't retcon that. I, I, I gesture with the can. I say, we'll bring these bottles back. And then I look at them and I go, damn it. Uh, sorry. Anyways, uh, 
and they go, worse than mine. No wonder you hit them nails. Um, and then chuckles away. <laughs> Say, Mr. Mooney. Uh, it, what? Are you talking to me? You want me to wait for you? I shake my head and I, I put my here. hand in my pocket and I take out a really damp $5 bill. And a really damp uh, fire eye. Uh, yeah, that to, you, that to you. And I, and I, I waft the... Uh, I waft the bill as I walk over to Russo and I say, this okay for a uh, deposit? Oh, yeah, yeah, that'll do nicely. Thank you so much, sir. And he sort of takes it and tucks it into the front of his very clean overalls. Yeah. Says, uh, if you are going down to uh, well, the last uh, the last stop, um, well, uh, yeah, just be on your guard. Folks around here, they don't like strangers, you know? Sure. I'm sure you'll be fine. I'm sure you'll be fine. No, thanks for the warning. I know we don't look like much bunch of scientists, but I, I believe we can take care of ourselves. Thank you very much for your concern, though. That's all right. And then he, uh, he leaves you to walk off. Despite my limp, I'm relatively sprightly. It's kind of like an obvious limp, but it doesn't really slow me down much, perhaps. So maybe we, we're probably all keeping up. And as well, as you each other. as you make your way down the sort of dust road, you see like, I mean it's sort of what was called the main road, but there's just a few buildings spreading out in front of you, maybe a dozen. Um, you sort of go past uh, on your left. You go past uh, what looks like a kids' playground, um, sort of, but all of the equipment's quite rusty. There's no kids there playing, um, and uh, you go past a sort of. Uh, a general store looks like it is a big sign saying Mather's General Store. There's Bob's Barber Shop, um, and there's a sort of town hall and post office building that looks slightly bigger than the rest. Um, and then, yeah, just on your uh, left, you come up and it's uh, you see the last shop. Uh, sorry, the last stop. It says Bar and Beds. Um, looks like quite a low slung sort of saloon type thing. The entire walk, I've got my arm around Jack's shoulders, and I'm—I occasionally poke him with my the butt of my cigarette as I make a point. And I'm wittering on the entire walk, just giving him cigarette burns. No, no, no the oh, sorry, right. the, the, the it's <laughs> right. not lit. I'm just sort of poking him with it occasionally to to, to illustrate my points about things. As you get towards the last stop, you do see uh, there's a few like local folks sat around. No one seems to be doing very much except sitting out and chewing or smoking. But uh, as you approach the bar on your left, mm. you see a group of, like, there's three on one side, two on the other side, locals, very covered in dust. And um, you're also, like, you see their weather-beaten faces and you're reminded, as if you needed a reminder, that since you're out of the car and you're out of the cover of the sort of corrugated shelter of the petrol station... The temperature is ridiculous. Like, you feel like you're cooking out in the open. Um, is it around midday, did you say? It's around midday now. You arrived about 11, so it's getting towards midday. And, um, it, it, you know, it's like you can see sheens of heat mirage in the distance. But, like, you see these folks, and they're sort of sat out on it as if they have never heard the word skin cancer. Um, <laughs> but even they are sort of sweating their tits off in overalls. <laughs> and they're sort of uh, smoking, but you even see a couple of them sort of whispering to each other saying you know you know and sort of pointing a couple of grins but either way they look like 
It's, it's a look you've seen a thousand times, probably, as government inspectors in a thousand different locales, you know. These people, they don't like government. They don't like outsiders. Um, you know, they're not being hostile. But To be fair, I probably look like one of them. You do. So it might be directed at the other two in the party. But even so, you're not a known presence. I, I think I look like... I, I look like a college grad. I look like a... Apart from the fact that my hair's a little too long, everything else about me says yeah. college grad, trad. The shirt's that kind of... It's like a Gap shirt yeah. and it's Gap jeans, you know, but they're flared and it's like it's like he, he cannot yeah. hide his collegiate sympathies. And so I think the, probably the most of the sort of hostility in the empty stairs is aimed towards you, looking so much like an outsider as you do. And maybe it goes down in degrees as the party walks past. But either way, you're not known entities here. And uh, you recognise that thing you've all experienced before of, oh, outsiders. We don't need you around here. Um, and you walk up the, the short flight of wooden stairs towards the uh, the saloon. So as you as you pass by the the sort of gazing eyes of these uh, slack jawed yokels, and uh, and sort of go up the wooden steps, the last stop has it's got like the look of a sort of it does look like an old west saloon. It's got like a wooden false front, wide boardwalk, all that stuff um, off the street, and um, there's a, a like a water trough even even though you haven't seen a single horse in town. Yeah. Um, wild animals out in the desert, they need to find themselves a watering hole. Uh, <laughs> double doors in the centre of the front wall. exactly what And there's, there's quite a lot of large windows that are covered with signs and notices that look like they date back sort of decades. But the doors themselves are open. Um, so you're sort of able to walk straight in if that's what you want to do. As as you do broach the entrance of this sort of old school saloon, um, you see inside you've got this like long bar that runs along the left wall. There's like a dozen or so stools. There's sort of tables and chairs, but they're sort of scattered about haphazardly. It looks like uh, after a, in the sort of bar that after a long night, you know, the, the bartenders can't be asked to lay things out in a sort of mathematically probable situation again. So they just sort of <laughs> dot them about. You know, um, what time of day is it? And you, there's like a full length. Uh, I'd say it's about mid. Oh, yeah, sorry, midday. Twelve. Midday. Sorry. It's about midday. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got like a big long mirror all along the side of the bar, and on the right side you've got a jukebox. You've got, um, and the wall is all covered in sort of antique farm equipment um, that could be from like could be from the 1800s. Mm-hmm. To be fair, like and black and white photographs and stuff. Um, but um, yeah the wall yeah in front of the bar you've got all the bottles of things you've got the mirror and then you've got a sort of uh, the the wall above the mirror is covered in like license plates which seem to range from like 1908 up until the mm. present day all rusted and bent but they're all sort of nailed into into the sort of the top part of the wall um, oh that's the, the license plates could be a quirky thing or it could be deeply sinister couldn't it mm, um, good point <laughs> suddenly very Texas Chainsaw Massacre all of a sudden <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> since 1908 cool yeah and the place is called Abattoir yeah. <laughs> is there anyone going around with a bag on their head and a chainsaw uh, not that you've noticed although actually 
a couple of the locals. And could do with a bag over their heads. Are carrying chainsaws. <laughs> well, as we walk in, I think you um you 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 look over at Lafitte and you see him walk in with um to this to this bar with with the look of someone who has uh, completely no awareness of uh, human behaviour. That's certainly the impression you get that he's not at all worried about these uh, characters sat outside or the fact that it all feels a little bit shifty. Totally bright and breezy, just sort of waltzes straight in. And yeah, you get the impression it's because he is completely naive. You get that impression. I I walk in, you see me walk in, and I immediately go around and start looking at all the black and white photographs. Not because I'm naive, but because you get the impression that I'm completely insane. What is your sanity? Low. <laughs> oh god in fact in fact I'm talking to some of the photographs I go up to them and go well you're a handsome devil how'd you end up in a place like this I suppose you're long dead now eh Sonny <laughs> I'm not sure a starting low sanity means no, I think it's nice he, it's, it's, it, what it means he's got low sanity it's an in game <laughs> hint I like it <laughs> Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. A warning. I'm not insane. Yeah, I'm eccentric. Yeah, yeah. Very fair. You, insane's gonna yeah. be a lot worse. I smile at Mooney as he talks to the pictures, and I and I and I say to myself under my breath, which I think Lafitte can hear, is, "No, yeah, it's a good thing to do." Um, and I uh, I walk on over to the bar, and I I'm actually looking to see if they've got any ice behind the bar. Mm. Um, well, as you do, as you look over there. And as uh, Ed looks at the photos, most of the photos initially, they seem to be, it could be from the 50s until onwards, they seem to show sort of, uh, there's a couple of miners in sort of dusty gear, sort of posing and sort of grinning outside the front of a sort of a mine opening. Um, and there's some others of, uh, you know, just townsfolk. Um, could you give me, well, give me a, an idea roll. As you look through all the pictures, if you wouldn't mind. Me? Yeah. Yeah. If you're the one sort of searching these yeah. pictures. Uh, what was this, an idea roll? Yeah. That's a success. That's 63 on my 85 intelligence. So Ooh. you're, you're oh looking at all these pictures and you're thinking of other pictures you've seen of the same era of like little villages that seem to like... They want to... Usually when you're getting a photo taken, it's a big deal, right? So you want to accentuate... Mm. The sort of fullness of your society, the like, the happiness of the group. Um, it's not that people don't look happy. A lot of people are smiling, but you do suddenly realise, and you think back to the playground you passed on the way here that seemed quite rusted and decrepit, and you suddenly think about the lack of children in all of the photos and in the town in general. You haven't seen a single child yet, um, and it's not necessarily sinister. I mean, it's quite hot outside, but just seems odd considering these photos also don't have any of the younger generation them it's just yeah something that you you notice let's say and is there a suggestion of how far these photographs go back in terms of how how old the time uh, is you'd imagine at least until like it's certainly uh, before the mine closed uh, the mine you know is nearby the uranium mine but you know it closed around 56 mm. um, so like a good um, 30 years ago but um, 
this goes back to like maybe the forties, and there's no like, yeah, no sign of it. Okay, so there's nothing like from before the turn of the century or anything like that. Uh, not that you can see initially, no. Um, and as uh, as Jack approaches the bar, and uh, sort of, as you put your hand down the bar or whatever, you're like, having a look into the mirror behind the. Uh, don't look into the mirror behind the spirit bottles. Um, you hear a voice uh, saying, Oh, hello there. I, I look at the mirror and I say, Lighter, is that you? Lighter? Uh, <laughs> That's me, Lighter. No, uh, this guy, this tall guy, this tall, lean man in his sort of uh, late 40s, dark eyes, stringy black hair, and like a pencil moustache sort of comes out and says, uh, Hello? Ah. New folks. Um, food, oh. was it? Drinks? What can I get? It's a ghoul. It's the long hair and the pencil moustache. Oh. <laughs> Is it a LeBlanc? I think it might be a LeBlanc. Yeah. A descendant yeah. of LeBlanc. Which I, 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 yeah. I did think about it. I did think about it. It's like a, a, an illegitimate. Yeah. And how would they have known that the name was LeBlanc? And, yeah, so it's all got too complicated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I think I say, um, oh, hello there. Uh, well, we came in looking for a newspaper, but at the same time, we felt it was only right that we should order something. Um, oh yes. Well, oh yeah. Do you do you do you have a uh, do you do you have a, a, a menu or um, any any special? Yeah, 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 day? yeah. What what kind of food do you do here? Uh, do you I, just bar snacks I, or? I, I do. Uh, kind? Would you just give me a moment to look it up myself and what, I'll. What? Uh, I'll While we're getting them, you. we'll have two coffees and two tequilas. Um, well, that sounds just grand, yeah. And I'll uh, I'll get Carlos to fire up the uh, the oven for whatever you might decide on. Carlos, fire up the oven. Oh no, I don't think we want hot food. It's not right. Maybe just. <laughs> oh okay, okay. Carlos, chill out the oven. That's fine. <laughs> mm. I feel like we could probably cook ourselves a steak on the bonnet of our. Automobile oh, out there to be honest. Oh yeah, weather is so that kind of weather, isn't it? Um, what brings well, you? F- I say, uh, 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 oh, yeah, you seem to have. Oh, you're right there. You look oh. off into the middle distance. I was just saying, yeah. What what brings you folks up here? Oh, business. We're mad, <laughs> and we're mad. Oh, I see. Well, um, you're fitting here. <laughs> Mr. Mooney, Mr. Mooney, do you want a New Mexico breakfast? Uh, that's the tequila, the coffee. Of course I do, yeah. Do, do you have milk? Uh, <laughs> Only in the tequila. <laughs> well, of course. Um, we'll put the worm in the coffee. I can uh, I can, <laughs> I can, can read you off the menu. I might not be able to send it to you just this moment, but uh, you could have a no, burger and fries, no, ham and cheese and potato chips. you got a BLT with potato chips, liverwurst and cheese with potato ch- I mean, anything you want. Pork pies, we got barbecue ribs and... Cornbreads. Uh, what sort of things are you folks looking for? We're going to have a little conference, if that's all right with you. Oh, yes, of course. On that New Mexico breakfast. Uh, let's yes. make that three of each. Do you have a pitcher of iced water? Of course we do. Uh, iced tea or just the water? Hmm. Peach iced tea for anyone? I think just maybe just the water would be fine. That's fine. Best outside of Georgia, but 
We'll stick with the water for now. You're quite right, gentlemen. And I'll take a burger and fries. Excellent. That's $1.55. You... Well, we'll settle up at the end, but... Uh, oh, listen, if we're ordering food, I- I'd just take some... Um, I'd take some cornbread. Uh, uh, yeah, no, in fact, scratch that. I had some biscuits and gravy. Biscuits and gravy? And uh, for you, sir, he says, looking at Jack, he says, we got the hungry man special. That's four eggs, sausage, grits, toast, and coffee. How's that sound? You look like a growing man. Sure, sure. I'll take that. Oh, <laughs> uh, one hungry man special, one on gravy and uh, biscuits. Uh, biscuits and gravy. Yeah, yeah. And with, uh, Remind me, what's your name? What's my name? Didn't you see it on the sign outside? I'm not so good at with my memory. <laughs> oh, well, that's all right. My name's Robert Taylor. I own this here. Bar. This is the guy with the pencil moustache and the long hair. Out back, we got uh, Carlos, who, uh, well, Carlos, you working on that? You got that order? Good, good. So, uh, that's me. And, uh, oh, you See, were after a paper as well. A newspaper would be fine. Today's or yesterday's would be just all right as well. Uh, we got a little rack there, just, uh, by the door. <sighs> and, Fantastic. Uh, Hey, say, what do you think of those people at that gas station? Funny folk, huh? Well, I don't know. Russo, he's a, he's a nice gentleman. Uh, I don't know much about them, to be honest, but they seem like... Really? Why, did they treat you odd? No, no, just uh, they were colourful characters. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, you can find your your share of colourful characters around here. <laughs> Some people have thought, called me a colourful character time gone by. <laughs> can you imagine as, that? As he's saying, you find your first share of colourful characters here. You Maybe one of you looks around and notices that Lafitte is on the floor with his ear to the floorboard. <laughs> <laughs> Listening for... Um, uh, Death Watch Beetle, or <laughs> anything other that might be, you know, living in the floorboards. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, yeah. Um, well, do you want to do me a listen roll? Or yeah, just yeah, before they learn the shog off. <laughs> yeah. Chainsaw. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, oh, he's past. Maybe. I've rolled a hundred. <gasps> it was the other one. It was the other one. Disappears <laughs> through the floorboards. <laughs> I've rolled a hundred. Oh, giant Death Watch beetle just drags him down. That's an unnecessary roll. You feel like you can hear something, but you kind of feel it like escaping away from you, and you maybe you start like sort of shuffling after it here to the floorboards along the thing. And is that a Death Watch beetle, or is it? I can feel like I recognise it, and you're chasing it along. Your ear catches like a, spl- a thick splinter on the wood, oh. and it just stops your momentum, and it goes through the top oh. of your ear like that, um, and you lose a hit point, and you start like bleeding very heavily from the the ear. Oh god! Like the nail on the wall in Hellraiser. Ooh. I mean, I'm actually immensely relieved. That's all it is. To be honest. Yeah, blood. It could have been worse. Cyclist. The blood start dripping through the floorboards and the camera. It does. It does. Yeah. Starts to go down to where the blood's tripping down. And if it, and if you were still concentrating on the sound, you might hear the sound of things gathering. Ah! <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 